Welcome to the June 25th episode of the Enjoying the Bible podcast. I'm Matt Ellis, and I'm the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Polk City, Florida. Today's reading is Job chapters 3 and 4, but since there's no New Testament reading today, I'd like to simply pray for you. If you have any questions about anything in the Old Testament reading assignment, please email me at mattellis1997 at gmail.com. I may answer it on the next podcast. All right, before we get to the prayer time, let's uh, do a quick Q&A. A member of our Enjoying the Bible podcast family, uh, Kayla Crutcher Ford. I know her as Kayla Crutcher uh, from uh, when we attended uh, Gano Avenue Baptist Church uh, when we were back in Georgetown, Kentucky. Well, she um, verbalized uh, the questions that so many of us might have as we read the book of Job. So let me read some of what she wrote. She said, I've always struggled with Job. And, you know, hey, join the crowd. All of us are like that. It feels like Satan and God were taking bets and Job had to pay the price for it. I understand God has the right to do whatever. I understand that. Yet, I still just struggle with the book. It feels out of character for God to me and like a sharp turn from previous books where faithfulness was rewarded with blessings. So honestly, that's that's an incredible question, uh, Kayla. And uh, so let me give uh, my best understanding of how I think that we should think about God and uh, this sort of uh, thing and how God accomplishes his purposes uh, as we read through the book of Job. Well, first, uh, we have the, quote, problem of God and Satan conversing in heaven. So we need to understand that God and Satan are not equals in figuring out uh, who would do what what to Job. God and Satan are not equals. God has no equal. There is no force and dark side. Uh, There is God and everything else, including Satan, is subservient to him. Um, Satan is a defeated foe. He's presented that way in Scripture clearly, and his doom is certain. But Satan was present in heaven, but it was only because he was allowed by the Lord to come into his presence. And while we realize that Satan was forcibly removed from his exalted position in heaven, that has happened. Satan no longer has an exalted position of light bearer in heaven from the time of creation. We are told in scripture that he still has access to heaven. He still has access to the Lord. I think what we read about in Job chapter 1 and chapter 2 is not a rare thing. I think that Satan still has access, even now, to heaven to have things, have conversations like we read in Job 1 and 2. Some would say, really? I didn't think Satan was still allowed in heaven. Well, I would just encourage you to read Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 12, uh, where it is yet a future event where Satan will finally and ultimately be removed from heaven so that he cannot go there anymore, but he still has access to heaven even now. Second, uh, God is sovereign, and so he does everything he pleases, right? God does whatever. He's, He's powerful enough, he's wise enough that he does whatever he chooses to do. 
Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 tells us that God is so infinitely powerful and sovereign that he works, quote, works everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. He doesn't work just some things. He doesn't work just most things. He works everything in agreement with his purpose of his will. So God is sovereign. What he wills to happen does happen. But the question becomes, how does God sovereignly accomplish his will? Right? So God will do what God has chosen to do, but how does God do it? One means that Scripture tells us is by allowing evildoers to accomplish his purposes. That sounds strange, doesn't it? God consciously allows someone or something evil to cause bad things to happen, even to someone innocent, so that he can accomplish, God can accomplish his divine purposes. This is what we see happening to Job. God, who was wholly righteous, allowed Satan to attack Job. God used evil means to accomplish his purpose. Now, that doesn't sound right until we reflect on the fact that this is how Jesus was able to die as our substitute on the cross. It's the same thing. God had ordained that Jesus die on the cross, but he allowed wicked people to accomplish the task. It's the same principle as Job 1 and 2. Just listen to Acts chapter 2, verse 23. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge. So stop there. Acts 2, 23, that's the first half of the verse. It says that Jesus was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge. So God is sovereignly putting Jesus on the cross. But then read the second part of the verse. You used lawless people to nail him to the cross and kill him. This is Peter preaching and preaching to the Jews and saying, you use lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. So God willed that Jesus would die on the cross, but the means that God used was wicked, lawless people who put him there. Do you see this? Let's be very clear. God cannot sin. God cannot decree sin. He is completely and utterly holy, and yet God often allows people or demons to sin to accomplish his will. Just so that we understand that Scripture clearly teaches this, consider the vision that the prophet Micaiah had when talking about how God would bring about King Ahab's death. This was one of the kings of Israel, a wicked man married to Jezebel, you know his wife. Um, how God had determined that Ahab was going to die, but the means by which God's will would be accomplished, that's what we read in Micaiah's vision. Listen to 1 Kings chapter 22, verses 19 through 22. Then Micaiah said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and the whole heavenly army was standing by him at his right hand and at his left hand. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab to march up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? So one was saying this, and another was saying that, and then a spirit. Now, when we come to understand what the spirit was doing, we believe this is a demon. Then a demon came forward, stood in the Lord's presence. And we would say, really, a demon? Well, in Job 1 and 2, it says Satan himself was in the Lord's presence. It says, then a spirit came forward, stood in the Lord's presence, and said, I will entice him. The Lord asked him, how? He said, 
I will go and become a lying spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. And then he, the Lord, said, You will certainly entice him and prevail. Go and do that. So, in Micaiah's vision, he saw God deliberating on how to bring about King Ahab's death. A demon volunteered to be a lying spirit in the false prophets to get Ahab to go to battle where he would be killed. God allowed this demon to do what was wrong so that God's will might be accomplished. It's kind of troubling, isn't it? But even though this sounds troubling, realize that if God did not allow those who are sinful to work toward accomplishing His divine purposes, then neither you nor I could ever participate in what God is doing. Sure, we're forgiven. Jesus has forgiven us if we're saved, but we still sin. We continue to find reasons to fall on our knees and ask the Lord for forgiveness of our obedience to Him every single day. And yet, because God is free to use sinful beings to accomplish His purposes, He can use us, too. The only difference between us and Satan and demons is, one, we're forgiven and they are not, and two, the extent of the evil. But yet, God still uses those who are in disobedience to him to accomplish his purposes. If God did not, then you and I could not serve him either. But finally, we come to the part of Job 1 and 2 where we simply say it just wasn't fair. Job didn't do anything to merit his suffering, yet God allowed it, even willed it to happen. So is God still good? Think about this. Is God still good even when he allows bad things to happen to us? Is God still good even when he actively wills something we deem horribly painful to happen to us? We don't always know why God allows, even wills, bad things to happen to us. Job certainly didn't know. He didn't know of the conversation that had played out in heaven. But God often allows bad things to test us or to get rid of some sinful habit or even demonstrate how good of a God he is. Did you get that? To demonstrate how good of a God he is. Listen to John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. As he, Jesus, was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. Now listen to what he says. This came about, what came about? Well, his blindness, he's been, he's a man, he's been born blind. He was born blind, so he did not see as a child. He did not see as a teenager. He's a man now, so this guy's probably at least 20 years old or more and has not seen anything all of his life. Jesus said, this man nor his parents sinned, but this, the blindness that, that's gone for at least two decades has come about so that God's work might be displayed in him. It came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. Jesus said, God allowed this because God was going to use his blindness and his healing to demonstrate God's goodness. And sometimes God brings bad things for that reason. Another reason God allows or wills bad things to happen to us is that we can comfort, uh, that he can comfort us so that we, in turn, can comfort others who go through the same thing. Sometimes that's why God allows 
you know, difficulties. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And so it says there that, you know what, all of us go through bad times. Some of us go through some really bad times. But one of the things we can learn from that is even though we may not know why God allowed it into our life, if we use that time to cling tighter to the Lord and find comfort in his presence, find comfort in the knowledge that he is working this out for good. I don't know what that good is, but I know he's working this out for good. I know that God loves me. And and this passage says that the comfort that you have that enables you to survive, maybe even thrive through that difficulty, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4 says that we can comfort other people, right? We can go to someone else who's going through the same thing and saying, you know what, all of our journeys are different. I can't say that I know exactly what you're feeling like, but I've been through something very similar. And let me tell you what God did for me to help me through it. Maybe it would be an encouragement to you. Sometimes God allows bad, evil things to happen to us for that reason. There's tons of reasons why God can allow bad things to happen. In Job's uh, case, it seems as if God was just wanting to show off a trophy of his grace. It seemed as if Satan was saying that, God, you're uh, the ones who follow you are wimpy, and they only follow you because you bless them, because you do what is good for them. But let something bad happen, and they will fall away from you. And God said, I don't, I don't believe so. In fact, I know not. I know that's not going to happen. And so God allowed Satan to trouble Job so that Job, even though he struggled, never fell away from the Lord. And he demonstrated actually not just God's goodness, but he demonstrated his own character to a watching Satan. So in conclusion, Satan still has access to heaven. We saw that a while ago. He and God may converse, but not as equals. We saw that a little bit ago. God often allows evildoers to accomplish his divine will, even if it is demons or Satan himself. And finally, even though God wills or allows bad things to happen to us, we can be assured that he has a good reason. While it might be horrible or even horrific, we should trust him and cling to him all the tighter until we reach our heavenly home and our clutched fingers loosen up for an embrace. Thanks, Kayla, for the great question, and I do hope that my answer has helped. If any of the rest of you have questions in the Old Testament or even in the New Testament, feel free to shoot me an email or um, uh, post under on our Facebook group page, post under the, uh, the relevant uh, the relevant entry that I've given, and I'll see that. And uh, if I believe that it's something that would be helpful to, to many others, uh, then I may even answer it on a podcast. So thank you so much. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we listen to Job's words, our hearts go out to him. We understand why he was mourning the day of his birth when we enter into the story and try to feel the agony he must have been experiencing in the face of so much calamity and death. Lord, help us be sensitive to those around us who may be going through some challenging times right now. Those folks may need someone to listen to them. They may even need a shoulder to cry on. They certainly need people praying for them. 
So help us to be those kinds of people, Lord. Help us to comfort others with the comfort you have given us in our own trials. And help us always to be ready to tell hurting folks of a Savior who loves them and died so that they might enjoy him in this life and be with him one day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Enjoying the Bible podcast is a ministry of the First Baptist Church in Polk City, Florida. Check us out at fbcpolkcity.com. See you next time.